Uh, Steve's going to come and he's going to share with you uh, from an elder's perspective, just really the, the, the state of Riverstone and uh, what he sees and, and uh, just where we are. So I'm going to pray for him and he's going to share. All right. Bless you. Lord, I pray for Steve as he stands up to, to speak today. I know that he's been praying and listening to you, and I believe that you have put things in his heart to share. And we just ask you right now uh, to anoint him to speak what, what you want him to say, what, what you've put in his heart. And I pray that he would feel uh, your peace and your pleasure. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. I've got one fan right there. <laughs> All right. Um, just just to start with, I mean, Tom's really kind of already uh, hit the nail on the head. 2020, it was a it was a tough year, um, and so far into 2021, it hasn't been any easier yet. It's uh, it's something that just from a personal level, from a church level. It's had its challenges. Um, many of y'all, even in this room, have experienced financial hardship, whether you got laid off, pay cuts, just couldn't find work. If you're owning your own business, it's been tough. And there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of uncertainty into the stock market and everything else. Um, some of y'all have lost loved ones. It's, you know, it's a very real thing. People um, have lost family members this year. And it's, it's heavy. And so I, just thinking back to this past year, there's, there's been a lot of pain. Um, there's been a lot of isolation. There's been a lot of hopelessness. And as, as we've seen in this past week, there's been a ton of division. And, and it's painful to watch. It's painful to be a part of. It's painful to be on one side or the other side and, and go through all this. And it's just, as a church... How do you navigate that? I'm, I'm honored and I'm humbled that I got to come on as an elder this year. But man, nobody told me what I was coming into <laughs> when they brought me on board. This wasn't part of the elder interview or anything that uh, COVID's about to hit and the whole uh, world of how we do church changes. And so it, it's, been, it's been a challenge. Um, we've had to relook as a church how we do everything. You know, in, in a lot of ways, that's been great. First and foremost, I can say in this church, and what I'm so proud of, is that it drove so many of y'all back to the prayer closet. You took the time that you, you didn't have anywhere to go, and you started praying. And whether you see it or not right now, you will see it, because those prayers that you've sown in the secret and in the closet, God is using that. It is filling up bowls in heaven that God's gonna be pouring out what he wants to do in this church and in this community and in our nation. But just logistically, we've had to refigure out how to do stuff. Uh, we've had to figure out how to do online services. I, I still don't have a Facebook account, so I have to go through my wife's Facebook account when we were watching services online, so... I understand the challenges of that and trying to figure out how to, what that looks like to do church from home. And, and y'all that are still watching online, hopefully you've got it down pat now. Um, 
We've had to do youth group online. We've had to do call to pray online. We switched over and we started doing Zoom small groups. Who got, raise your hand if you got to be part of a Zoom small group. It's interesting, right? It's different. It was innovative. Thankfully, we still got some Zoom small groups um, for those that aren't comfortable meeting in person yet that we've got to be able to engage people. I'll get into in just a second. It's small groups are the heartbeat of our church. Um, We've got to do some outdoor gatherings over this past year. Uh, We've done some over the summer before we actually came back into the building to meet. And then most notably, uh, we got to do Night of Hope. As I already said, there is hopelessness that is just rampant throughout our nation right now. And what we're called to do as the church is to bring hope. And that night, and what y'all don't know, what y'all saw of those that came, y'all saw a night and y'all saw people speak and we worshiped together. And many of y'all felt the spirit of God and people came to know Jesus that night. But how much prayer went into it before that? That's what y'all didn't see. And that's what I wanna be able to share with you today and just just to keep iterating throughout what I wanna talk about this morning. Um, We couldn't do uh, not a healing prayer for a while, but you know what we did instead? We had a prayer hotline. We got to, we got to change it up. We had, uh, I guess, it, we had people drive up for prayer. So instead of going to Wendy's to go get yourself a fast food hamburger, you got to drive up and get fast food prayer. Um, we had the virtual uh, not a healing prayers. Um, you know, on Sunday mornings, we had the, the text chat where people could ask for prayer. It's so many different things that we just had to reinvent the wheel this past year. And in all reality, some of it was tough. Some of it had challenges. I know everybody in here at some point got frustrated with their internet speed um, when they were trying to view this stuff online, but it made us innovate it. It made us figure out what was truly important and what's the heart of our church. And for that, I'm thankful. Um, and it's, you know, even though we have to keep social distancing sometime, how many of y'all in here know that the Holy Spirit doesn't have to keep social distancing? How many of y'all know that the Holy Spirit isn't slowed down by slow internet speeds? And so, despite all of this, even amidst all these challenges, um, we still got to minister to our church. We still got to minister to our community. We did, just to, to throw out some numbers, we still were able to conduct over 125 sozos. We still saw a family in this church in the midst of COVID raise financial um, support and get launched into Scotland, the Thomas family. They're over there now, they're through their quarantine um, and they're thriving. We got to pray between the um, Sunday morning altar team, between the prayer hotline, between not a healing prayer, somewhere around 900 people got prayed for over this past year. So that, that's, these, are, these are all numbers and they may mean something to you, they may not, but, but the, the heart behind it is that we're still finding ways to minister. The heart behind it is that God still moved over this past year and he is moving today. We, we got to refocus on small groups over this past year. Um, I want to thank Mike and Kim and just all the effort that they've put in to trying to recommit everybody to small groups. Those of you that have been here since the beginning, that's what we started out as. It was a church of small groups that met on Sunday. 
and I, I just, I, I, I know we're going to have the small group fair out there later on this afternoon, but just to throw a plug in for that, if, if you don't feel connected, if you feel isolated, that's where church happens. It doesn't happen on Sunday morning in here. It happens in your small group. That's where you have community. That's where you have accountability. That's where people are going to pray for you. And that's, that's where the life of the church happens. Because not any one of us, no one, there's not enough staff here to minister to every person individually. We have to do that for each other. We have to be the body to each other. So despite all the financial uncertainty, we still saw incredible stewardship. We still saw incredible generosity over this last year. Um, inclusive of a completely forgiven $151,000 loan, um, we brought in around $1.85 million. Now, a lot of y'all have seen that in the um, newsletter. Um, and that's one thing doing just to try to keep everybody informed over this past year. And I forgot to even mention that. We completely revamped the newsletter this past year. How many of y'all like that? Do y'all like the communication? I like everything that Ashley's doing in that? A lot of other people going in helping with that, but um, trying, to, trying to help better communicate as a church. Uh, but yes, we, we, we brought in $1.85 million. That's 4% over budget. And, and I just, I, y'all need to give your hand, I mean... Give yourself a pat on the back. That's incredible. That's incredible. It's, um, and, and with the help, I just want to call out a couple of people. Um, Tim Bowling, Brett Tyler, John Croyle, Mark Norris, Brad Willoughby, Vita Bush, and, and many others, but I really want to call them out. The stewardship that they had and the financial advice and guidance that they gave over this past year, we spent less than we brought in. We, we, we didn't end up in the red as a church. And I, I mean, I just, I want to throw that out there and I want to celebrate that fact. Um, the stewardship um, with what God has given us. And, and even in the midst of that, it's not just about that. We were able to give back over $160,000 to missions, um, to, to missions abroad, to missions here, um, the Barnabas Fund, Adoption Fund. We're able to sow into the community. And that, that, that's what we're about. I mean, at the end of the day, all of this is about, our heart is about community transformation. And, and so I, I just share these numbers with you to show you, it's just, it's just a data point. Um, but, it's, but it's beautiful in that. Um, I wanna, wanna, wanna share something from um, David Eldridge. Um, used to be here at Riverstone now as the senior pastor at Stonebridge. But he had a prophetic word for Riverstone uh, back in 2009. Um, it was a picture of a compound as he was praying. Um, really, I think their whole church was praying for Riverstone. And God gave him this picture of a compound bow and that being like Riverstone. And I'm not gonna hit on, on all the points in it, but a couple of things that I do wanna point out that he brought up in that. Um, that a compound bow, for any of you that are hunters, any of you that are archers in here, um, a compound bow is made of different materials than your typical traditional recurve bow. Um, being that it's not wood, it's typically a composite or some type of fiberglass. It's less resistant to temperature and moisture changes. And so that over time, it doesn't warp, it doesn't bend, and it stays true to its original form. 
Um, additionally, a compound bow, when you're pulling it back, when you're first pulling it back, it's hard to, it's really hard to pull the bowstring, but there's two cams at the top and the bottom. Sometimes there's one cam, but most have two cams, and it's kind of got an oval, looks like a pulley. And, and there's a phenomenon known as let off that when you've pulled it back, that, that when that cam makes one full turn, there's a release that's somewhere between like 60 to 90%, depending on how the bow is set up. Um, but there's a release, and the archer can hold that bowstring back um, for an extended amount of time, giving them the ability to aim, um, to keep that target true, and, and, and still be able to hit that target with the same velocity. Um, as the force that it took to initially draw the string back. This is super relevant for where Riverstone's at today. Um, over the years, um, there's church fads. There's all kinds of new marketing for churches. There's, there's different things that uh, are in pop, public opinion. And it's Riverstone, what I want to say is Riverstone has stayed true to the values that God put on Tom's heart when it was started, right? We used to have them up on the wall, um, but just to remind you, prayer, worship, healing, development, outreach, all of these core values of Riverstone, they've stayed the same as we fought for community transformation. And that's a tough thing to do. Just, just like the, the compound bow with its materials, it stays true to its form. Riverstone has stayed true. And, and that's come at a cost. It's not been easy at the same time to be able to pull about that bowstring. When you're first pulling it back, it's tough. It's painful. Um, it's been a battle. And it... And it just, just all in all, guys, it's, as, as they're pulling back this bowstring of Riverstone, as we're pulling back this bowstring to aim at community transformation, I, I just want to be real and honest with everybody in here. It's cost us people. It's cost us time, tears, reputation to fight for healing, to fight for worship. It's cost us being misunderstood because we've stayed true to what these values are because we haven't swayed with public opinion. But I want to say, like, that's, that's why I'm here. River, Riverstone has stayed true to what God has called them. And, and, and I, I believe that, and I want to communicate that to y'all. Um, at the same time, pulling back that bowstring, we're not doing it by ourselves. And in fact, to really see community transformation, I think everybody in here would agree with me, we can't do this by ourselves. And it's just another distinctive of Riverstone, the reliance on the Holy Spirit. Even this morning, Austin and the team leading worship, um, Tom speaking. It's, I, I, don't, I don't know how much y'all see or don't see about how much is relied upon the Holy Spirit here to guide and to, to direct Any of you that have gotten to experience God's presence in this room, though, are benefiting from that. As leaders, we want our leaders to have all the answers, right? If Tom had every answer, I would be afraid because he wouldn't be relying on the Holy Spirit. 
it, it's, it's a distinctive of Riverstone. It's a distinctive, it's that pull off on the bow when that bow's pulled back and the cam rotates and there's that let off. The Holy Spirit is who is helping pull back this bow. The Holy Spirit is helping us aim this bow at God's purpose and vision for Riverstone. Um, as I said a minute ago, I've been serving as an elder for this past year and, and I've gotten to see some behind the scenes. Um, and this is really what I want to share with y'all today. I've gotten to see a staff with a zeal and a passion for Jesus. I can see a staff that's on their face before the Lord and wanting to see God glorified. And again, especially with COVID where we've been separated, I know not everyone's gotten to see this and I just want to be able to convey what I've gotten to see to y'all. I've gotten to be a part of prayer meetings like I said, for a night of hope, there's a whole series of prayer meetings weekly praying for God to do something that night. I got to see a staff and I got to see a body of people that were on their faces before God, just boldly and humbly crying out for revival. Just as Tom said just a second ago, what we need now more than ever as a church, we've got to be on our faces before God. We've got to be crying out for God to move because we can't do this on our own. I've got to see you over this past year, um, people that are really happy with Riverstone and I've got to see people that are not happy with Riverstone. And I've got to hear from people that are upset with Riverstone, offended. I guess it comes, comes with some of the territory. Um, I've gotten to see fun times and I've gotten to be a part of some painful times here just in a year. Um, and, and frankly, sometimes it's a mess. I'm the, I've got five children. So I know I said I had one uh, fan out there earlier. I've at least got five plus my wife, so. Um, but five children, I am constantly cleaning up messes at our house. I mean, it's, my wife does an amazing job keeping our house clean, but still, it's like we go from one mess to another. Who, who in here is a parent with kids? Have you cleaned up a mess in the last week? Who in here, who in here has parents? Have they cleaned up one of your messes in the past week? It's part of... It's part of being a parent. It's part of shepherding. And, and, and it's no different with church. We've got messes, but that's, that's part of it. Proverbs 14, four, where there's no oxen, the manger's clean, but, by a, but abundant crops come by strength of the ox. As we move into 2021, as we stay true to these values and visions that, we have at Riverstone. There's going to be messes. People are going to get offended with each other. I, I, I beg you and encourage you to lay that before the Lord, 
to understand that there are messes, to understand that there are, the heart here is to pursue God with all of our heart. The heart here is to, in love, clean up any of those messes. Um, it, it's... Let me, let me just switch over and, and say this, just kind of in summary. Um, I don't want to take up any more time, but um, what I can say in everything, um, just, just through all of this, everything I've just shared, I have never been more confident. I have never been more excited about what God is doing right now at Riverstone. I have never been more excited to see what God is about to do in this next season at Riverstone than I am right now. We haven't been here as long as as some people, but we've been here a while, and and I can tell you that I am thrilled to see God moving. I'm, I'm thrilled by the fact, sitting in some of these prayer meetings, to see that little cloud, just like Elijah saw that cloud, that it's coming, that it's gonna get bigger, that rain is coming, that when it's the darkest out there, that's when God shines through, and that's when we need to be the church and rise up. Revival is not far away. But we've got to commit to that. And my, my, I know this is turning from a state of the union into more of a challenge, but my challenge to everyone in here is, are you in? Are you ready to pursue God, to put aside any differences in Love God and love others. To pursue prayer, we've got to pray like we never have before. To pursue worship. Austin and the team do an incredible job up here on Sunday mornings, but pursuing worship individually. You ever tried it without music? It's awkward, but it's really beautiful. Uh, To continue pursuing healing pursue development. We've got to fight for these things. We've got to continue fighting for these things. And so I just challenge you and encourage you, be all in. All right. Thanks, Steve. We've been talking a little bit uh, recently about discipleship, and uh, as Steve mentioned, our uh, vision always has been community transformation, and we've always known uh, that that was a God-sized thing. It's not something that we can do. Uh, We can't transform a community, but we know that God can, and we believe that God's desire is that Cobb County would look much different than it looks, and uh, that he has a dream uh, for this region, and... uh, that he has actually invited us to, to partner with him in that. Um, we also have always acknowledged that, um, that God first, before he does things through us, God does things in us. And that's really what discipleship is about. Discipleship is not, you know, we get gathered together in a small group of people and try to get better just so we can be better. It's, we, we want to be better uh, so that we can serve God more effectively and more powerfully. Uh, because we believe that God has things he wants to do uh, through us. 
in the community. So our discipleship is always for someone else. Uh, When we seek to become more and more like Jesus, it's for other people. Uh, And then we also know that God continues to do stuff in us even as he begins to do things through us. So it's not like you go to school and you get equipped and then you go out, you know, and you never receive ever again. You just go out and do. Uh, It's a process that's ongoing always. Uh, God is always doing things in us so that he can do things through us. And, And the beauty of relationship with God is that he never runs out. You know, you never get to a point where, you, okay, I got everything I can get from God. There's, there's nothing left. He's infinite. He never runs out of stuff. There, there's, there will always be new things for him to do in you. And, and you know what that means? There will always be new things for you to do. There will always be new things for him to do in you. There will always be new things for him to do through you. We never reach a place. Uh, Margaret Kirkland calls him the God of the more. And he is, right, Margaret? He's the God of the more. He always has new stuff for us. Uh, Before, during, and after. Uh, One of the things that hinders or handicaps discipleship, which in turn handicaps uh, our ability to be used by God, is isolation. And if 2020 did anything, it, it reinforced isolation. I mean, people, uh, I, I heard some people say, boy, 2020 is the uh, introvert's dream. <laughs> Not so much. Because if, you're, if you understand what it is to be an introvert, introverts like to be alone so that they can be their best when they're with people. Uh, extroverts love to be with people so they can be their best when they're alone. It's just kind of a crazy thing. (laughs) But we all need each other, right? Whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, we need people. God created us for community. And the only thing he says in the creation story that was not good was being alone. He said it's not good for man to be alone. So one of the things that hinders or handicaps our growth and development is isolation. We, we grow better, we grow faster, we grow more fully in community than we do in isolation. So we, we all need a place. Uh, we all need community. We need a place where everybody knows our name, right? We need a place where we can gather uh, and be with friends, to be encouraged, to be loved. But we also need a place where we can be corrected, right? A place where we can ask questions. We need a place where where we're people that we can ask dumb questions, and and it's okay. We can ask incredibly smart questions, and, and people will tell, our friends will tell other people that we did. We asked a really smart question, and boy, won't that be great. We just need that place of together because we need each other because it really is true uh, that we're better together than we are alone. Now, you say all that, and you're still going to have somebody in the room who will say, I just don't like small groups. And I, I understand that. 
All of us have things that we don't like. I don't like cats. <laughs> cats are selfish. I'll just leave it there. But I will say, you'll never find a police cat. You'll never find, you'll never find a seeing eye cat. They don't help people. I don't like cats. I don't like nuts in brownies and cookies. I don't like decaf. What is the point? I don't like root canals. And I don't like appendectomies. But I've had a root canal. And boy, am I glad I got a root canal. I've had an appendectomy. My wife left me in the basement to die. But <laughs> I had an appendectomy. I don't like appendectomies, but I can tell you that the morning after I woke up from my appendectomy was the best day of my life. You might not like small groups, but I'm going to tell you right now that small groups will like you. Amen. You, even if you don't like small groups, you, you need to be in a small group. You do. We all do. And so I'm going to bring Mike up, and he's going to talk to us about Riverstone small groups. And uh, after Mike talks to you, you're all going to run to sign up. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's really perfect timing for us to launch small groups, right? I can't think of a, a time that we should um, have a need to be connected as we move into hopefully the, the final stages of, of COVID, but maybe the peak of it as well, right? And just like, um, just like Steve was sharing, you know, this cannot stop us from being connected. And so what we want to do is create something to give opportunities for all of us to be connected. Um, the the thought I had when we were talking about how to do this and for for this, the new small groups leaders and current leaders, the communications that we've had back and forth, you know that <clears throat> certainly not the Lord, but, but I have probably changed the direction three or four times, so apologize for that. But what I wanted, the thing I saw was, and that, that really has hurt my heart, is to think about that one person that comes in the door of Riverstone four or five times, tries to get connected, doesn't feel connected, and they, they walk out because they never felt connected. They never had a way to be connected. So what I want us to be able to do is to have this sort of net that will be formed by the small groups and the people that are part of it so that that person will never be able to come and go four or five times 
and, and we won't know it. So I really want and desire that we would all find a way to be connected. Like Tom said, I know it's a challenge, but we want to we want to create it in such a way that at the the very part lowest part of it is everyone that that gets comes part of a small group will will be part of a, a text stream within that group and and emails to get communication to know what's going on and then the next phase would be to to connect virtually all the small groups will have options for for being virtual and then the final stage if you're comfortable is then meeting in person so if you call riverstone your home um i just can't imagine that we don't want to feel and be connected to one another right so that's that's sort of my hope and my dream is that we would do that and that all of us would feel comfortable um, signing up and being part of and checking out some of the small groups. So practically, we do have all the small groups represented um, out in the Grand Fourier, so we're going to release you guys in a minute to go do that. We, I say we, <laughs> Kim, um, my awesome wife, put together a packet that has all the small groups in it. And you'll see in there that there are um, numbers by each one. We have numbers on the table. So you can look through here, make some notes, take a look at what uh, might interest you, talk to some of the leaders, and, um, and then so you can have this as kind of a reference for that. Mm. So again, if you're not comfortable meeting in person, we have some groups that are completely virtual but all the other groups are, are going to be, um, will have an option as well. We have about 19 groups represented out there. Uh, we have, I don't know, seven or eight, maybe nine that are going to be new groups. So that could be an exciting time for you to, to be part of that. We have sign-up sheets that are going to be at each one of the tables. So if you put your name on that sign-up sheet, it doesn't mean that you're committed to being part of that group. It just means you're interested, they will contact you and they'll give you more information. You can come check them out. And so, so don't feel like you, you have to make any sort of a commitment today. And so, you know, and if you find about five or six groups that are of interest, just put your name on it so they can at least stay in touch with you and let you know kind of what's going on. And you can, you can visit and, and decide which one might fit best for you and, um, and your family. So with that, um, I think I've got that's all I needed to share. So if somebody's watching, so they're not here, how would they go about connecting with a group? Awesome. Good question. Mm -hmm. So all of this is also online. So all of our groups, thank you, Ashley Jones, for getting the uh, website updated. So if you go into the website, select ministries and small groups, you'll see a listing of all the different small groups. And you can, um, there'll be a contact list on each one of those that you can contact the small group leaders. Or you can obviously send me an email too and, and get you connected to those as well. Awesome. Uh, so in, in a minute, Mike's going to release you to go and out into the foyer and uh, visit group leaders and things. Um, while that's happening, we also are going to have some prayer teams in here. I know that a lot of you have suffered uh, trauma and hurt and all sorts of emotions uh, this week. And uh, we certainly want you to have a chance to be prayed for. 
And uh, so we'll just have some teams that'll be up here, and uh, as as every as others are going out into the foyer uh, to small group shop, uh, you can come up here and get prayer. Okay. Awesome. All right. So if the prayer teams could could come up right now. Um, I will uh, pray for us, and then we'll we'll get rolling. So, Father, we thank you that um, that you have 2021 in the palm of your hand, and you have us right there with you. We thank you that that we will we will thrive in 2021, Lord, as we stay focused on your face, as we look to you, and trust you for all that you have for us, Lord. We give you all of our loss, all of our pain. We give you our fears and everything else, Lord, and just release it to you, trusting, Lord, that, that all of this, all of this will turn into good as we move um, with you into this new year. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So I will, uh, so anyone needs prayer, encourage you to come up. We'll, we'll stay here as long as we need to, uh, to pray. And um, and I probably should have released the small group leaders a little sooner to go out into the foyer. But um, I just encourage everyone to go check out, if you're not part of a group, that you go check out what we have out there and, um, and see if you find anything that's of interest.